0: our our hope as we engage together in this strong series that that we live strong in Christ, aware of the the battle that we are in, aware of the, the challenge that we face and the need for one another and the need to practice what it means to live in Christ, to experience the the reality, the the presence, the the action of God in our lives. Um, Jess shared a little bit about our first week of learning how to play. That that God set that for us in the very beginning. On the seventh day, He rested. And He called His people to rest in Him regularly. So I, I hope... Uh, that during this week you, you had some chance of at least engaging with that some uh, together. One of my, my favorite uh, uh, stories was a, a person that said that, they, um, that one of the ways they play is on vacation and that every time they go on vacation, they they will gather with the family and pray, God, we just want you to show off as we go on this vacation. You know, just, just show yourself uh, to us when we're in a place of being able to be a little more uh, quiet, um, and away from all the other things. Uh, today, we talk about strong communication. Really, it's another word, another way that we talk about prayer. Because that's what prayer is. It's communication with God. It's, it's interaction with God, both, both speaking and listening, and, and the fullness of our of experiencing our relationship with Him. I mean, even when we gather this morning, this is an exercise in, in prayer together. This is a corporate prayer. This is us engaging with God together. Some of the songs that we sing are us singing to God. You know, great is your faithfulness. You call us friend. I mean, we're engaging with Him. And then and through song, through prayer, through hearing of His written Word, through seeking to listen for His Word to each of us in our own soul. Prayer is the fullness of God's communication that is available for us. But one in which we have to train, we have to be guided. Just like you know somebody that listens to bird calls. They can go outside, especially in these seasons these changing seasons, and their ears are trained and they can identify 15, 20 different birds. I can tell you when a crow calls. That's, <laughs> other than that, they're nice birdies. <laughs> but with God, we train to, to hear Him and His presence with us, His leading and His guiding is speaking to us. Whether it's an audible voice or just a sense, a nudge, a prompting. And one where we share openly and honestly with Him, that we hold nothing back. Our passages uh, this, um, this morning are Hebrews 4, uh, chapter 12 through 16. And... Um, John uh, chapter 15 verses 12 through 17. We've we we've already uh, uh, read one passage out of the John passage that speaks so well to our communication with God being about uh, um, being really His friend that Jesus calls us His friends. Um, Hebrews passage um, is found on page 972 in your pew Bible. You can follow along on the, the screen it starts with uh, chapter twelve or chapter four starting with verse twelve. Hear the word of the Lord. Indeed, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And before him no creature is hidden, but all are naked and laid bare to the eyes of the one to whom we must render an account. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And then John chapter. 15, starting with verse 12 on eight set, page 878 in your pew Bible a few pages backwards or you can follow along on the screen or you can see it on your phone your iPad, whatever just be sure the sound is off this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you no one has greater love than this To lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer. Because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends. Because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask Him in My name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. This is the Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's uh, continue to talk to God together. Dear God, we thank You for the Privilege that we have of being your friend and communicating with you. And in that give and take. And we ask in this time that through the words that I say, through the words that we hear, through what is going on in our lives and our very souls, Lord, that your spirit would superintend even the very thoughts, the pictures that even come into our mind, that you would take control of our imagination. please. So that we would imagine all that you would have for us. What you would be saying to us. How your word, not just your written word, but your speaking word to us in this moment through your spirit would speak to our souls. We don't just want to be here because we're supposed to. We want to grow in you. Be strong in you. And learn what it means to be your friend. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. It's amazing to consider what Jesus said here in John 15. What we've been singing. That, that indeed we are friends of God. You know, the, the, the word you know, some of you are familiar with the Greek words for love. There's a whole bunch. You know, there's um, eros, there's agape, and then there's philos, philo, which is brotherly love, family love. You know, walking uh, arm in, in arm, hugging one another, family love. That's what the word is for friend. Philadelphia is where the phil comes from in Philadelphia, from that kind of just love for one another, the, the city of brotherly love. And that's what Jesus is saying to His disciples and saying to us that, that we are His, His friends. We're His family. We're, we're, we're now part of the family. We, we get to participate in the family meetings. We're, we're, we're part of. We, per, we get to work in the, the family business. That's what we are. We're, on the, we're in the inner circle. In Christ, we are face to face. With God and and He is our friend. Hearkening back to to Moses and and to Abraham where Moses would speak to God face to face and He was called a friend of God. That's what it means when Jesus says we are God's friends. And Jesus is our friend. It's not an act, sort of that kind. you you, you have to do it kind of act. You know, it's like, well, no, Drew, go play with Johnny down the street because I said so. He's new in town. He's a new neighbor and you got to go play with him. It's not that kind of friend. He's that kind of friend. He's that, I want to go play with him kind of friend. That's that's what emanates from the very heart of Jesus, that he wants to be our friend. Certainly there's a sense that Jesus in the incarnation and coming and being in the flesh. God the Son was obeying the will of the Father. But in being our friend, the words that he uses here are not words that are, this is an obligation. This is an act of obedience. So this is an act of affection. That we are friends with God. Tells us clearly, he shows that he is our friend because he's willing to lay down his life for us, for you, for me. He wants to be our friend in the deepest sense of the word. You know, I uh, remember this is probably about 10 years ago, and Kathy had had, uh, an appendectomy, had her uh, appendix uh, taken out. We had three children under the age of eight, you know, and so then I was left alone and she was getting to, you know, uh, I wouldn't call it luxurate, but uh, she was in the hospital by herself (laughs) with a, you know, two-inch scar. But I was sitting there with the kids, so I'm not sure who had it worse. And a knock on the door, and it's uh, a friend, Bert Green. Bert was the director of Habitat for Humanity. This is when we lived in Charlotte. The, the largest Habitat for Humanity chapter in the world. And i would met him at a couple things and we would talked and some and, and, and different things. But somehow Bert heard that Kathy was ill. So he heard a call of the Lord to come save our children. <laughs> and he came in having fixed dinner. And he brought it in. I just got to go into the kitchen. And I'm sitting there with my jaw on the ground. And he's sitting in the kitchen, you know, stirring up. The, hey, where's the butter? You got any butter I need to add a little? Uh, sure, it's in the refrigerator. And I'm like, Bert, man, what are you, what are you doing? You know, you don't, you don't have to do this. To which he just, he stopped in that moment. He looked me right in the eye and he said, I don't have to do this. I know. I want to do this, friend. And he got back to the green beans. <laughs> you know that? It just it, it multiply that by a hundred. And that's what Jesus is saying. I don't have to do this. I want to do this. I want to be in relationship with you. I want to be in communication with you. I want you to talk to me. And I will talk to you. Clearly, plainly, Openly. Do you believe that for yourself? Can you, can you see Jesus in your kitchen making you dinner because he wants to? That's, that's who Jesus is. And that is his affection. That is his love for you. That is his desire to be in communication with you, to talk with you and to hear from you, to talk with us and to hear from us. we are friends with the creator of the universe he wants to engage to speak to communicate with us i asked uh joe brooks if he'd just share um, for uh, i think i gave him 90 seconds <laughs> uh, but if he just share come on up joe and 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 just to to share you know joe just share with us what when have you heard from God? When have you felt God's presence, in just in your own time of of prayer, knowing that uh, he's going through uh, a good bit in his own life now? But just, Joe, just share with us. First know? of all,
1: y'all pray for me because 90 seconds really is not enough time. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody in relationship with God would know that uh, hmm. it's it's a humbling experience. But uh, for me, I'm gonna cut straight to the chase. I want to start from the beginning. But for me, uh, it's uh, dealing with my mother. Uh, how's God? is dealing with me, with my mom. Uh, I'm growing in areas. It's just humbling myself. It's just prayer. To me, it's an act of worship. It's a way of communion, faith, believing. And I've seen God do this through prayer. Not praying in the flesh, but being broken in the spirit. Um, I know a lot of people come to me and say, how do you do what you do? I don't do anything. It's God. Trust me. It's God. I can't stand up here without God holding me up because it's not me. It's not. And um, prayer for me, it just, it changes things. You know, uh, I talked to a person yesterday going through foreclosure. Been through that. Hmm. You know, foreclosure, losing a house, losing a job, but still standing here talking about the goodness of God. Hmm. (laughs) That's nothing but God. Hmm. Never, never left me forsaken me for anything. I mean, sometimes it's challenging. But I trust God. And my thing to you guys is, is believe in God. I just want to just leave with this scripture in Isaiah 40. It's a familiar passage. I just want you guys just, just believe in in God's word. Trust him. There's nothing that's broken in your life that prayer cannot fix. Mm -hmm. I mean, it can't. It's like Drew said, it's about being a friend. It's not about being spiritual. It's not about being religious. Is about becoming a friend of God. When you become a friend of God, a friend of God, trust me, anything you ask in the name of Jesus, it will be done. In his time, you just have to have patience. But I'm just going to read this uh, familiar passage and sit down because Drew only gave me 90 seconds. He's tugging <laughs> on me. <laughs> have you not known? Have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? He is un- his understanding is unsearchable; he gives power to the weak, and to those who he have, uh, who have no might, he increases strength. even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall there uh, shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. This is the word of God, believe in his word. <clears throat>
0: Thanks, brother. And he, uh, I know Miss, uh, his mother, Miss Betty,'s health continues to be challenged. And uh, you go, Joe, you left this up there. That's all right. And uh, thank you, Joe, for that. that sense of when we pray and experiencing the reality of God in whatever the, the circumstances. Might be and how prayer, how communication with God prepares us, like what the video was, it makes us strong no matter what's going on to experience the peace and the joy of God, even in uh, disease, even in time of foreclosure. And I imagine there might still be some out there saying, you know, I appreciate that. appreciate that God wants to be your friend, you know, and you're, uh, you know, You're up there, and maybe Joe's, he's a nice guy too, but God doesn't want to be my friend. I want to tell you clearly, if that's the thought in your heart and your soul, that is a lie of the world. That is a lie of the evil one that has been hammered in you through other ways because there is no greater truth than that God loves you, the person you see in the mirror, the real you, not the you you want to be or the you you try to be, but the real you. And he truly does want to be in communion, in conversation, in a real live relationship with you. passage we looked at last week in Luke chapter 7 um, when we talked about play and talked about how Jesus played. He played so much that his detractors called him in Luke seven thirty four and 35, they called him a, a drunkard and a glutton because he would hang out at parties. The second phrase after that, the, 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 the next derogatory statement was not only you're a drunkard or, or not only Jesus are you a drunkard and a glutton, but you are a friend of sinners and tax collectors. God is a friend to sinners, to sinners like me and like you. That's His very nature; it's His very desire. It, look, look again at our, our Hebrews uh, passage, or, or at least remember what He was saying there—that how God communicates to us uh, clearly, honestly, purely. Now, that's uh, unusual. We don't usually get clear, honest, precise communication from one another. But God will communicate with us clearly. And that's sometimes uh, that's why we don't really want to hear from him. Uh, his word, not just and when the writer of Hebrews there isn't just talking about the written word because the written word wasn't even around as we know it now. When the writer of Hebrews was talking, what he was saying there was that God's speech to us, God's message to us, God's connection to us, when He talks to us, He will speak to the very core and essence of our being. That, that's, that, is, that is good news because we need truth, and truth sets us free. And the most important truth I can hear from God is the truth about me and my brokenness, so as to rescue me so that I don't fall off that cliff I'm running towards. He will speak to us in ways that are true, in ways that are right, in ways that are clear to our very soul. And it is a gift. Granted, you think about that, it can be scary that the God of the universe knows everything about us. He knows, he knows us even better than we know ourselves. I and mean, He's fully aware even of our own blind spots. But He still loves us. Still sent His Son. And, and the writer of Hebrews goes on to say you know, that we communicate with Him and we come before Him not sheepishly. You know, we, we don't just come before Him with, with uh, uncertainty. Uncertainty. We don't, don't come scared. We don't come before Him fearful. We don't have to, as Joe just said, we don't have to fulfill these religious duties here and there in order to make everything okay because Jesus has gone before us. He has paved the way for us. The writer of Hebrews tells us to come before God how? With boldness. We come before God boldly. Isn't that mind-boggling that the creator of the universe, the one who threw the stars in the heavens and calls them by name, says, now come to me boldly, honestly, openly. You know, as I've said to you many times before, the most foolish thing we ever do is try to hide stuff from God. You know, there, there's certain things, crazy things we can do, and we might get away with it, but never before God. So we might as well come clean, be open, be honest, receive from him, and come before him boldly, no matter what is going on. It is absolutely amazing. And, and in our coming before him, in our speaking to him, there is a place of prayer where then we he tells us here, well, ask what you want. You know, come before me openly and honestly. Come in the character of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Doesn't just that's not, you know, that's not a Christian abracadabra. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. To come before God. We say, and we pray in the name of Jesus isn't a magic pill. It's saying, in the very character and essence, in the very desires and plans and purposes of Jesus, come before me and then ask what you want. As a great Christian a long, long time ago said uh, in Northern Africa, Augustine, he said, love God with everything you got and then do what you want. Sort of what... uh, but Jesus is saying, listen, love me with everything you got. Come in the fullness of my name. Then ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Because you're going to be asking in accordance with my will. Now I asked uh, Chris Evans to come and share just for a moment. of uh, I think I gave her 90 seconds also. <laughs> but uh, come and just share what... Where well, there you are, Chris, come on. Um, what here it is just a, an example shared with me uh, recently an example of she and a number of other folks coming before God with a, a concern coming boldly before God and asking God to to answer and uh share with us the results thank you Chris
2: um hello I'm excited to to be here and to share um how God has worked in um in our community of Finneytown um two years ago um, we were having a pretty rough year in our school district um, not anything unusual that y'all haven't heard happening in the schools um, but um, in the spring of that year um, things really came to a head for me where um, i just started feeling an anxiousness um, a fear of you know some things that had happened and um, um, just started really fretting about it. How am I going to fix this? What? Who do I need to email? Who do I need to, to call, you know, complaining to my husband? Um, after about a week of this fretting, um, I, I felt and heard that still small voice of God um, just saying, Chris, this is something that you need to pray about. This is bigger than anything you can do to fix it. Um, so Mark and I... Um, Opened our home up, um, invited people to come to our home to pray. Um, the uh, principal, um, who's a believer, heard about it, and he started coming. Um, we finished the year out praying. Um, didn't see a whole lot of changes, um, tangible changes, other than the peace that comes. Um, uh, that scripture we read this morning about not being anxious, one of my favorite. I was going to share it, but we already read it. Um, the peace did come. Um, That summer, we went up to the schools, um, a group of us. We prayed through the schools, the hallways. We touched the lockers, prayed at the doorways, prayed angels protecting the entrances, um, asked God to fill our school with his presence, Um, continued to pray throughout the whole year. And um, I want to share with you some of the results that's happened. Um, One, um, our principal went from... Being um, ready to throw in the towel, he shared openly that he had considered um, retiring after that year that we had had. And he went on to say that this past year was the best year he had ever had um, in his administration, um, his time of administration. Um, Our young life um, went from a handful of kids coming to campaigners to 25 to 35 that's um, the Bible study aspect of um, kids who want to go a little deeper. The club um, the club activity went from um, 20 kids to 50 to 75 on a weekly basis. Um, our school ranking, uh, we kind of hovered between continual improvement and effective. We had dropped down. We, we jumped two levels up to excellent this year. Um, one of the... Um, big ones was, the ones that was were bothering me a lot throughout the year was, um, we were having a lot of fights in our schools, um, couple, multiple fights a month. Um, last year, we didn't have a single fight. And uh, just to, to drive that home, the resource officer was uh, talking at a recent PTA meeting and said, um, at the end of his talk, it was about something else. And he said, Oh, by the way, I just thought you all would like to know that Finney town was the only school in the whole Hamilton County district that didn't report a single fight for the whole year last year. So, um, I just want to give glory to God. What we did is not anything that you all couldn't do. Prayer is easy. Um, it takes some commitment, but God is the one that does the work. And, um, Just to close, um, this is a prayer um, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
0: Amen. You know, whenever we talk about prayer, especially that particular way of asking God, we always have the question: Well, what about unanswered prayer? Um, well, I, one quick answer is I'm uh, I'm not going to answer that question right now. I'm I'm going to invite you to ask God that question when you pray. Um, ask God what is it about the unanswered prayer that that has really that you're praying and seeking with the deepest conviction, and as far as you can see, the purity of heart, ask God, why is that uh, prayer um, not answered? And listen during the course of this week uh, for that particular answer. Uh, listen and receive, as we've heard, that that peace. Uh, listen and, and receive that uh, sense of His comfort and strength and his presence. The key point for me in this, as we look at communication with God, as we look at our, what are the, 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 the basic tools in our toolbox in terms of being strong, what are the, the basic exercises that we get to practice this week with the, the pray cards um, in the deck of cards that we've had this week. The, the key point as we walk through those this week is that it's not that we get what we want. It's that we get God. That's the point of prayer. Because Jesus is clear in Matthew 7. Where he says, you know, come on. You you, you loving parents. you, But you're sinful parents. And if your children ask you for bread. You don't give them a, a snake. How much more so? For your heavenly father. How much more so for your loving heavenly father. If you come and ask Of God, will He not give you the the good things? That's what Matthew records Jesus is saying. When we pray, when we seek God in time of communication, it's not for the purpose, ultimately, of getting what we want. It's for getting God. It's for getting Him face to face. May that be what we experience this week as we focus along with 50 other of our brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow friends of God on prayer, on communicating with God this week. Amen.